0: This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Hey, this is Jedi Master Rob LeBerry, host of the Jedi Temple Archives podcast, and you're listening to... Wait, hold on. Hold on one second. What the force? Hey, hey, aren't you Dr. Sonny Ravencourt of the University of Coruscant? Nope. No, you absolutely are. I recognize you. No, you were in the archives not too long ago. I believe you were on a tour, a guided tour. Uh... Look, here's the deal. This temple is not open to outsiders without escort. So you're gonna just have to move right along or I'm gonna have to get Jedi temple security. Oh, come on. I can't get this kind of information at the University of Coruscant. Look at this transcription. This Jedi was murdered. All right. Uh, That's it. We're not going to have this conversation. Padawan, please go get the temple guards. Oh, I really don't think you need to call Jedi Secure. Okay, here they come. I got to go. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Goodbye, Dr. Ravencourt. All right, sorry about that. Uh, Where was I? Oh, right, and you're listening to Conversations Podcast with Pat and Charles.
1: It's a translation to a Star Wars nation. It's a celebration. Hello, and welcome to Conversations. I'm Charles. And I'm Pat, and this is episode
0: 75. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
1: You don't say.
2: Uh, Apparently. (laughs) Oh, yes.
1: The most favorite Wookiee in all of the Star Wars universe.
2: Chewbacca.
1: Where do we start? I guess we start in A New Hope. Well, we start with what I'm drinking tonight. You did go themed with this one. Yes. Uh, This is the commemorative cup that tom and michelle from hyperion adventures podcast bought us when we met them at uh, hollywood studios these fantastic cups
2: yeah yes i'm not drinking from mine okay but but i have peanut butter whiskey so there's that
1: nice this is the rochier drink actually rochier of course is the type of tree that we can find on kashik it's the well that's how they call it right yeah yeah right exactly but for us you know basic people um It's one part uh, V8 juice, pomegranate and blueberry mix okay. with pineapple juice okay, and rum and a kind few orange rinds in there just for some a little bit of tartness in there.
2: To garnish. Yeah. To it's garnish. a nice little mix, actually. Yeah. Do you know why he's called Chewbacca? Like like where that's from? I do not at all. Oh, man. A great ancient Wookiee warrior was named Baca. And he was like... Tribal leader. Okay. So the Baka of Chewbacca comes in reference to that. Nice. Sort of like, it's like an like, honor um, almost. Homage to that name. Yeah.
1: Nice. And the yeah. Chew because he had a strong I jaw? He eats beef jerky. Pork, pork jerky.
2: Uh, no, pork rinds. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. Barbecue pork. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> he does. I mean, he tries. So we first see him in A New Hope. And he's Han Solo's co-pilot.
1: Yeah, when you see him first, you see him right? in the cantina,
2: and, talking to Obi Wan. Right? Know, why is Obi Wan talking to a big hairy Bigfoot creature? Right. And <laughs>
1: when you know they walk into the cantina, you see Chewbacca at the cantina bar. I'd never noticed that until just recently when, when watching through it.
2: And that's when he tells Obi-Wan, like, he's over there and he's kicking his feet up. Right. Because you can't kick your feet up at the bar. You have to be at the table.
1: Right. Exactly. You got to look we cool try. at the table. Yeah. It doesn't
2: work. And
1: what's cool is that, you know, Obi-Wan's speaking to the co-pilot and not Han, you know. And it's not only shows, obviously, Han's trust in Chewbacca, but also as the second mate on this ship. Well, first mate. First, sorry, first mate on this ship. But it's <laughs> the. It's not only the captain. Man. Yeah, the only mate.
2: <laughs> it's the mate of the captain, okay? Yeah. Uh, mate of the ship. And so you see him, and, and he, he he just kind of grunts and growls in the direction of Han. But then, like, then you get the story from Han where he's like, you don't want to be on the wrong side of a Wookiee kid. You know? <laughs> so, it's, so you really get this impression that, like, oh, he's a big furry teddy bear. But then, like, don't piss him off. So he's 200 at this point. Yes. Which, is pretty cool, you know? I mean, it doesn't look a day over 180.
1: And not a gray hair to be seen.
2: Not yet. We'll get to Force Awakens (laughs) later. But, um, speaking of Force Awakens, you finally find out just how complicated it would be to try and fly the Falcon uh, if you're piloting it solo. (laughs) Boom, boom. And, and you see how Ray is frantically trying to reach on both sides of the yes. cockpit to just keep this thing off the ground. So you get to you get an appreciation for how much the co-pilot specifically does in this ship.
1: Unless you're at Smuggler's Run and I'm in the co-pilot's seat.
2: <laughs> Don't worry about that because I'm still making money. But that's way in uh, the yes. future. That is way, way in the future. He speaks SiriWook which is a language that's uh, exclusive to Wookiees Mm -hmm. and to their home world. Right. But he does understand galactic basic. Evidently, they don't have the vocal cord dexterity to form galactic basic words. Oh, interesting. That's how he can understand it. Like, he knows basic. Right. He can, yeah. He can't speak it because they don't have the capability of it. Obviously, we know what happens in A New Hope, Mm -hmm. where... Yeah, he's the hero of the rebellion and uh, gets slighted on his Yavin medal. So I'd like to bring something up about that. Would you like to bring up the fact that we brought Peter Mayhew a medal? Well,
1: that was coming next and okay. much, much deserved. But before we get uh-huh. to that...
2: That's all I wanted to talk about. I just wanted to toot our horn and <laughs> being awesome.
1: Well, to make that horn even louder... Uh According to one of the reference books that I have here of the ultimate guide to Star Wars, The Journey to Rise of Skywalker. Okay. Yes. Chewbacca has a two-page spread, which is fantastic. According to this guide, Chewbacca convinced Han after they left Yavin to come back and help the rebels.
2: So, so hero of the rebellion. Yeah, right. And, and, but
1: I doubt many people know that. To even give more importance to what we did do with Peter Mayhew. Which, of course, was because your idea, which is fantastic.
2: Had he not convinced Han to come back, they wouldn't have shot Vader's tie exactly. out of the trench, right. and he would have pew-pewed Luke out of existence. Exactly. So yeah.
1: while Luke and Han get the medal, right. if it weren't for Chewbacca, there'd be no Yavin.
2: Right, right. Now, I've heard tell that he didn't get a medal because Wookiees crave not such things. They apparently don't put much emphasis on shiny objects, which is why he, you know, carried around 3PO so lacklusterly <laughs> on his back. Because, you know, they don't care so much about shiny objects. <laughs> which is why Lumpy has no shiny objects. <laughs> it's, it's, a very, uh, it's a very muted color palette. Yeah. So we did bring Peter a medal mm-hmm. before it was cool. Yes. And then before Maz was like, oh, you forgot your medal yes. in the movie. And we're like, please, here already he has one. We gave it to him.
1: <laughs> we were very fortunate to meet Peter Extremely Mayhew.
2: Extremely fortunate. Um, almost like supernaturally fortunate. Yeah. Because that was very shortly before he had passed away. Yeah,
1: two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. Celebration 2019. And we met him there. Uh-huh. And he was, you know, he was struggling. And, but he was yeah. a trooper. He was there. And yeah. he had very much enjoyed the medal, and yes. uh you did a fantastic job with it. unfortunately, he, he passed away. And, you know we'll get to that I think later on, with a tribute to what he brought to the role, but that little okay. moment that we had was fantastic
2: yeah, uh, it's uh you know not to poke fun at anyone's height, but as short as it was it was uh, <laughs> it was it was wonderful. back to the character you know you don't know a whole lot about him, no in the first film, and then of course. If you haven't heard our take on the uh, holiday special, <laughs> it's a little bit there. It's like a very Chewy centric because it's all about Life Day and his family back on the Wookiee planet, which they didn't even call it Kashyyyk back then. No. So it's like, all right, you know, you see that he's got a family and that he's kind of drawn away with Han on these missions that you just assume that he's kind of like at a work meeting. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah.
1: Then, he's like a, a valued yeah. part of the Rebellion, but he was on the steps and being presented to the entire remnant of the rebellion at that point as a hero of the attack on the Death Star. And one of the other things that he did after the battle at Yavin was that uh, he also led an assault on Saimun-1, which was an imperial weapons factory. And not only did he destroy that weapons factory, he also helped freed slaves. You would assume there's probably some workies there, but also
2: probably many other species in there as well. And freeing slaves is kind of a a big deal for a Wookiee such as himself.
1: Exactly. You know, once you've almost like bonded with a Wookiee, you're in for life. That's the wonderful part of the Wookiee culture is that they may have these gruff exteriors. But once you have become part of that extended family or found family, you're in. It's it's like Rob, you know, (laughs) you're just a freak of nature on the outside, but you're really softy inside.
2: Right, exactly. And uh, his lumbering and <laughs> incoherent babblings aside, he's everyone's favorite Wookiee. Um, <laughs> I think the main attribute to this specific Wookiee would be that he's a protector, you know. And you know, we see him helping out Han and obviously, you know, being a, you know, a brother in arms. But by the time you get to Empire instinctively he like tries to take out everyone in a carbon freezing chamber oh yeah like that's what yes. it's like and han's like wait a minute buddy don't get into this then han told him to essentially stand down and, yeah. and protect the princess so then that became his objective was to protect the princess mm-hmm. and then vader was like bring her to my ship and he's like don't bring her to the ship <laughs> don't do it <laughs> And then, of course, they get to the point, and as, as soon as the binders come off, he starts choking Lando. Like, <laughs> that's it. That's I told you, don't bring it to the ship. So it's one of those things where he's fiercely protective. Yes. Of those he loves. And, you know, and maybe it's a Wookiee trait. Maybe it's something that they kind of flesh out later in the now Legends books. Yeah. He's definitely very... Protective to a fault.
1: Absolutely. We even see that with 3PO. Walks into that sort of side room and.
2: And that's the first time we hear the curse of uh Ichuta, Ichuta
1: exactly. You've so,
2: heard it many times. Many
1: times since. <laughs> <laughs> so Chewie comes back. Now, whether or not it was Han who's like, "I hey, you go find uh, Goldenrod or whatever? But we see Chewie come Han back. getting better, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. He's been practicing. Well, learning for the master. So. Um, <laughs> He J- the <laughs> so he comes back to find him and he doesn't find him of course he looks in the door and but then eventually he does he never gives up he doesn't stop no. looking for 3po and then he eventually finds him amongst the ugnaughts there and he he's all <laughs> dilapidated. And they're playing
2: keep away from the Wookie, <laughs> with <and> the head <laughs> very risky very risky i would not right. recommend
1: so he finds 3po yeah and He puts them back together and there's a sort of a comedic part of that as well. Well, kind of. Yeah, (laughs) kind of. He's more of a jumble and behind him, like you said before. But even though.
2: But he gathers all the
1: pieces. Yes. Why? Because 3PO is now part of his family or is a found family and he's not going to give up on him. And I think that totally extends, you know, beyond, you know, Han and Luke and Leia. That's his family unit while he still has his family on Kashyyyk.
2: Right. Uh, Like I said, you know, which we'll get to after Return of the Jedi, I guess. He really just bonds to this group, and that's it. Like, Mm. they're his. You mess with them, you gotta go through him. Yeah. And it becomes um, very sad later on, but we'll get to that also.
1: You know, we hear about the fearsomeness about Chewbacca or the, you know, the Wookiees themselves. We don't see too much of the actual fearsome part of that until maybe we get to Solo. We'll get to that in a, a little bit later. But there's two points in Empire that really stand out to me. And, and it wasn't physical, but it was the vocalizations. So when Lando basically sets him up for this dinner with Darth Vader and uh, his treachery, when the door opens, that roar was spine-chilling. How you could hear it was, whoa! That's the real uh-huh. Wookiee. Now, right. now this guy, Darth Vader, is threatening his family. You hear that, that uh-huh. guttural roar. Uh-huh. But then when Lando comes into sort of the cell that they're being held in. Yes. Trying to make peace because he's got this plan sort of going. And Chewie's yeah. having nothing of it. No.
2: No, because this guy backstabbing
1: right. his buddy. And like you said, when he takes off the binders a bit later on, boom, he's choking Lando. Yep. <laughs> you done wrong? You're in the bad book. That's I'm it. sorry. I mean, it takes time, yeah. of course, for him to come back from that. But... In the Wook House. For sure. <laughs> 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 it's
2: a big house because they're tall, but <laughs> you're still in there. But it's not good. It's not good. It's no. a bad house to be in. <laughs> oh, but yes. And it's funny you mentioned Wook House because well, you mentioned it, but yes. Oh, I did. Did. <laughs> huh. If you don't know, you should know, and you're about to know. Um, but. <laughs> You know, George was thinking of a co-pilot for the captain of the Millennium Falcon, and he used to drive around town with his trusty Alaskan Malamute next to him, Indiana, in his passengers. (laughs) And um, so, you know, his big dog, he sat as high as George, and he'd be like, that'd be kind of a cool sort of... uh, Co-pilot Co-pilot For, for the character Oh know? my gosh So as he was discussing it with Ralph McQuarrie and the other concept artists They kind of came up with several different sketch ideas and character designs And landed on Chewie But it's all kind of spawned from George's Alaskan Malamute, Indiana
1: That's crazy Indiana, what a ca- great character name Hmm, Want if use that ever again
2: <laughs> uh, Well, it's the name of a dog We named the
1: dog (laughs) Indiana.
2: Junior. Oh, man. So, so yeah. Then, um, of course, they're on the ship escaping from uh, Bespin. Then Leia hears Luke and, you know, they go back. And I think it's due to Chewie's superior flying skills that they landed right under him. Of course. He could drop in and they could save Luke from going out with the trash um, <laughs> although man. it was lando's ship previously but yeah a lot don't has changed since it. then <laughs> don't worry about lando that double crosser um, <laughs> <laughs> oh man this deal is getting worse all the time now i've got so, a wookie um... choking me <laughs> oh so return of the jedi yes so he's interacting with Ewoks, which are distant relatives of the Wookiees in most respects. Ooh. Um, Ewok Wookiee, and he's kind of a, you know, they're furry and brown and and just as deadly, I think. <laughs> Deadlier, perhaps, in some I cases. I feel like maybe we need to do a Wookiees v. Ewok Smackdown! Right. <laughs> very right. down, Smack. because
1: the difference in height is very high. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> I see this going sideways. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so then, of course, you know, he hijacks that ATST. Yes. Chicken Walker. Yeah. And, of course, comes and saves everyone's hides again. Yet no metal again. Right, right. No (laughs) metal again. Yeah. Then, of course, he does participate in the uh, after party (laughs) where where, uh, Orlando's clapping rhythmically and
1: the Ewoks are drumming on trooper heads. Yes. What was really interesting too for me about Return of the Jedi was when yes. they're trying to break out Han from the uh, Carbonite and Jabba's palace. And yes. Bausch, who is Leia, of course, yes. as the bounty hunter, brings in Chewbacca as yes. her uh, quarry. Even Jabba the Hutt takes pause to recognize how awesome Chewbacca is. The mighty right. Chewbacca.
2: And then how awesome Bausch must be to have brought him in. Right. So then. After Return of the Jedi, we have the dark times of Star Wars content where mm-hmm. it was only the, uh, the books. Right. Mm-hmm. And some comics and such. But we learned from the books that Chewie had pledged a life debt to Han. Yes. And that eventually extended to Han's family. Which of course included Leia and Luke and the children and the the droids Mm -hmm. and also that was sort of the basis behind his fierce protectorship of the gang Mm -hmm. and not only that but that life debt is you know because Han had saved his life when Han was a um, imperial he saw him being mistreated and saved his life and so from that point until. Chewie's death he owed his life to Han so you're saying now, is that Chewie died in
1: the books right
2: well no What I mean is even if he lives beyond Han that all that debt that still remains that continues with Han's lineage evidently it's been um, demonstrated in some of the literature that other characters who've pledged life debts had been you know treated very poorly like slaves Hmm. Because they were bound to whoever the character was, right. and the character grossly mistreated them and it's a testament to Han chewie has this life debt to him, and to treat him so so much like a, a brother right and yeah. not like subservient and before he had met Han, he was um, a skilled scout and and even a bit of a mechanic, so those things uh, really help with him. With Han, with the Falcon. (laughs) Especially the Falcon. Keeping that (laughs) hunk of junk together. You hear me, baby? (laughs) And when they're smuggling, you know, if he's a scout, he can, you know, plot different courses to evade Imperials or cartels and things like that. It really came in handy for him with Han, which is all stuff that you get from the now legends uh, books from the uh, 80s and
1: 90s. Very cool. Very cool. And they plucked a few of those things out, too, for the uh, origin story, as it were, with solo uh, Star Wars Yes. Yeah. Yes. But before we get to that part, we have uh, the Clone Wars to get to.
2: Well, yeah. Yeah, that's
1: true. Mm -hmm. We do. A little part of it there, but um, still an important part where we see, you know, canonically the first appearance of Chewbacca in uh, the Star Wars universe. Yeah, in the timeline. Yeah, in the timeline. We've got the Clone Wars Season 3, Episode 22. It's called Wookiee Hunt. And Chewbacca, along with Ahsoka Tano and a couple of younglings, they're taken by Trandoshans Mm -hmm. and they're taken to a planet for like sport, basically for for a hunt.
2: Now, I feel it should be mentioned that there is a bit of a history between the Trandoshans and the Wookiees, Mm. which we will cover in greater detail in another episode. Yes. A lot of history there. And we want to mention it. But we're not going to get bogged down in those details. No. Right.
1: So, yeah. So, in this episode, Chewie helps out uh, Ahsoka Tano and the other two Jedi. Uh, he actually builds a transmitter from, like, some broken parts. You know, he's very handy, or, well, handy, I guess. Uh, ah, in that sense. Yes. Ah, there you go. And eventually sends it an emergency transmission to Kashyyyk, which is actually close to this planet. And Tarful comes over and um, brings him back to Coruscant and rescues him from, from the planet. But uh, that was our first glimpse of Chewie in his youthful, you know, 180 years. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. You know, of course, in the prequel films, we end up seeing him in the Revenge of the Sith. Right. He's fighting on Kashyyyk. Yeah. With the clone troopers and all. And then, of course... He happens to be in the right place at the right time. Oh, yes. Which is good for our favorite little green friend, Yoda. Very favorite. And, uh, well, some of our favorite. (laughs) Yours and my favorite. Yes. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Um, When Order 66 is executed, Yoda is on Kashyyyk. Yeah. And, uh, you know, don't get me wrong, he holds his own against those uh, Kashyyyk troopers. Yes. Yes. It's not the first time a character's decapitated. No. It's the first time two characters are decapitated so instantaneously. <laughs>
1: exactly. I mean, they lost their minds when that move came out about them. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yes. Uh, Thanks, three. Yeah. Um, and... <laughs> but, you know, I'm Chewie,
2: is, Chewie is. Yes. <laughs> uh, my. But Chewie is instrumental in Yoda's escape from Kashyyyk to be ushered away to safety.
1: Right. And. Yoda literally says I will miss you Chewbacca and yes so there's definitely a relationship uh, there from mm-hmm. you know prior stories and it would really be cool to find out where that history came from where he's got that very close bond to the Wookiees and Tarful and Chewbacca and the rest of them as well you know
2: it's a it's a cool story that could be told mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so then of course the prequels end and then we've got new Star Wars yay Woo-hoo! Before we get to the sequels,
1: mm-hmm.
2: we'll talk about Solo, because that's released after Force Awakens, but it it's yeah. fits more yeah. before. Before we get to Solo, a Star
1: Wars story, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back.
0: I thought I told you to shave before we left. I did. Twice. My razor is awful.
2: Is your shaving razor not cutting it? The new Ultra Edge Viber blade by Lord Mantel Cosmetics will have you looking smooth every time. It's portable and it disintegrates the stubble on contact, so no mess. Hmm, let me give it a try. That's so much better and just in time for the show. <laughs> the ultra edge for when you want the closest shave also available in vibro hedger for that special wookiee in your life all right and we are back
1: thank you very much for that spot
2: and our sponsor yes solo a star wars story solo a star wars story oh man so as i had mentioned in some of the now legends uh, novels The whole life that came about because of Han saving Chewie. So, you know, obviously when we see Solo, it's not exactly how they describe Solo's uh, sort of early life in the previous books, but that's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, So with that being the case, uh, with kind of his story a little bit changed, so does their meeting. So, of course, they meet in Solo, and you see a lot of... Wookie slaves and of course you know one of those wookiee slaves is anthony daniels that's his appearance in solo because he's been in all the movies what do you mean it's anthony daniels anthony daniels is one of the wookies are you
0: serious
2: yeah wow i didn't know that i felt like we talked about this already <laughs> you probably weren't listening well yes i, I really anthony, do yeah. anthony plays one of the wookies that's in, fantastic in solo. so because it didn't make sense to have c-3po in it right but Antony's in all, in the, all movies, the Oh, and that's, that's fantastic. How he's in that one. Okay. Yes.
1: Um one of the aspects that I love too about Solo is that when they first meet in the pit, when yes. they, he's put <laughs> in there, we see the fearsomeness, the strength, the rage of Chewbacca. And he's throwing Han Solo around like a little, you know, wet rag. It's yeah. he would not live an hour in this pit if it weren't for the fact that he knew how to speak s a little bit broken tree broken yeah um to help him escape and hansel is completely outmatched
2: uh yeah absolutely (laughs) so i think most of that is just because he's so mad at how long it's gonna take to get all that mud out (laughs) (laughs) like days of conditioning and brushing and and blow drying like that's a lot of work you guys (laughs)
1: Just join uh, Han in a shower so that I can start to get this stuff out of here.
2: (laughs) Yes. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So ridiculous. So he does get clean. And then, of course, they embark on this adventure together, Mm. Um, you know, presumably because uh, he owes that life debt to Han for having saved him from who knows what. Right. Would they have used him for slave labor? Would they have used him in uh, like a gladiator pit? They're jerks, they could have done
1: whatever they wanted, you know what I mean? Yeah, and there's a long history of the Empire yeah. doing that, especially with the Wookiees. We see that even in Jedi Fallen Order, where one of the yeah. planets they visit, there's a contingent of Wookiee slaves. And that's yeah. part of the part of the story. And it's just like wow, it's very prevalent in the Empire's galaxy that they control is that the Wookiees are nothing more than sport. Or workers. That's obviously very nasty. And, you know, when they do get to Kessel eventually, we see a lot of Wookiees in the Spice Mine. And Han sees that Chewie needs to free them. And there is one point where L3 is being basically shot down. And Mm -hmm. Lando is obviously very distraught. And then Han sees this. And he essentially puts his life on the line to go and get L3. Chewie sees Han doing that. And he sees the sacrifice that he's willing to put himself for someone else. Yes. And that, to me, speaks to the Wookiee mentality of if you care for someone, you put your life on the line for them. And that, to me, cements that relationship
2: even more. Yeah. And, and you know, and it carries through some 30 years later. Yeah. When you get to the events of The Force Awakens where... You've got all this time that has passed and all this stuff that has gone down and um, the almost fall from grace of Han Solo, Mm. where he's no longer the hero of the rebellion. And he's just a essentially a smuggler again or a uh, creature smuggler at this point. Um, (laughs) He's moved up from spice to um, dangerous beasts. (laughs) Yes, very dangerous beasts. He used to have a bigger crew. So, um, <laughs> despite everything that he's gone through as a character, who comes in the door of the Falcon right behind him? Chewie. Yep. So, whether he went back to drinking Felucia Mangi's liquor or <laughs> or whatever, Chewie stayed by his side to yep. be there as his protector and and his friend. And then, of course, that makes... That next part of the story um <sighs> even tougher. And you can feel the agony in Chewie when Han is slain by his son.
1: Yeah. Okay. So like a bit of a fast forward, when we listen to the novelization of Rise of Skywalker, I think it's Rise of Skywalker, where Chewie has a flashback. You literally hear young Ben Solo yelling Uncle Chewie. And you know, we spoke mm-hmm. about this at one point. And so there's that connection to his family. Like you said yeah. you know, in par- in, before the commercials that life debt means not just Han, but his family. So yeah. not only for Chewie to live through the union of Han and Leia and then Ben and Chewie's influence on Ben and their relationship. And how that disintegrated. And like Leia said at one point in Force Awakens, you know, we both went back to the things we were good at. You know, she went back to the politics, he went back to the smuggling. Mm -hmm. Chewie followed Han in that, however painful it must have been for him as well.
2: I remember seeing a a little comic strip, uh, like a fan art comic, of Chewie being at Han's side when Ben's taking his first steps and then him kind of. Jumping on his lap and stuff like that. And then after Han dies, Chewie has his head in his crosshairs. And he moves it down before he shoots. So that he doesn't deliver a fatal blow to Kylo. Wow. Because that's still family. Oh. You know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, wow. I know. Wow. It was tough to to see and, and it's tough to... Think about it, to know that that's kind of where he came from. He's pledged his life to this man who's now been slain. Yeah. One
1: of the scenes at the end of this movie is still one of my biggest gripes about it. We've talked about it before. Um, And I find it a complete disservice and emotionally a hollow and a complete miss. When they arrive back on Qatar, Chewie is carrying Finn. Yes. And they lay Finn on this sort of little transport vehicle. Yes. And he just walks by Leia. Yeah. Because the emotional moment is for Leia and Rey. And I get that because that's where the story is right now. But when we saw it together, Uh um, when he sees Leia, he's going to lose it. He's known Han longer than he's known Leia. Yeah. But they're together. Right. And like they're the family unit. He just breezes by her, doesn't even put a hand on her. Nothing. So you could assume as a story, there's something going on there. But you've met Rey, you know three days ago yeah Han has been there for 30 years give me a break and I, I'll, I'll never get over that moment from this movie is that that was a yeah.
2: huge miss yeah what's interesting then is Han kind of took Rey under his wing when he met her and sort of mentored and guided her and then Chewie ends up as her co yeah because of that whole passing along that life debt yeah
1: and even Han was saying that how much Chewie likes Rey and respects her because of what she can do and has done to the Millennium Falcon when it wasn't in her possession.
2: Yeah. And I feel it should be mentioned that um, The Force Awakens is uh, Yuna Sotamo's first time in the uh, in the Wookiee suit. Big suit so, to fill. Um, yeah, certainly is. And he was fortunate enough to be able to do that film with Peter kind of there. Helping guiding, uh, giving him pointers and tips and all um, so that he really was chewy fantastic job that spirit of chewy was so alive and he did a fantastic job. yeah and it was it's funny because I remember we saw Eunice interviewed on the fan stage that's right. right yeah he treasured being handed the reins of, of the character and saying like, how would he emote this because the noises were Superimposed over the audio track. Yeah. And, um, but still, Peter would vocalize the grunts and all, and then just kind of know the character. So his would be like, So, how would he, you know, kind of <laughs> vocalize <laughs> Yeah. It, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, so having Peter there to kind of, uh, help him with the gestures and everything would, was really, um, Crucial, I think, to being a seamless passing the torch. Yeah. Yeah. And, you
1: know, the physical side of Chewbacca yeah. with the emotional side, having Peter there as a guidance is invaluable. And that's a great story. Yeah.
2: How excited was he to be <laughs> <laughs> to be chewing? Yeah. And oh my he
1: continues to be a fantastic ambassador for fans because he's yeah. basically like us, just living the dream of playing Chewbacca. And yeah. Yeah, and just enjoying that and relishing it, for sure.
2: Oh, yeah. And, of course, being that tall, it's like, well, yeah, hip only. <laughs> yeah. And now guess what? Here he is. Woo-hoo.
1: <laughs> so that takes oh, us man. to The Last Jedi. Yes. And
2: <laughs> the delicious porgs. <laughs> we don't really know if they're delicious, though. That's true. He never gets a bite. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, listen, the way I see it, that pork is cooked. Very much so. Like, I feel like that could be a uh, a saying at this point. The pork that is pork cooked. is cooked. <laughs> but it's already cooked, and it looks delicious. Like, you just gonna let it go to waste? Yeah, Exactly. Yeah. I mean, might as well eat it. Yeah. Yeah, are they gonna look at you and try to make you feel guilty? Yeah. Yeah. But you're a Wookiee. Who cares?
1: And Yeah, those big puppy pork eyes. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. yeah. But
2: don't worry. Guess what? Don't worry about it.
1: It's all juicy. It looks
2: fantastic. But again... There he is in the Wook house. Um,
1: <laughs> you know, before the cooking of the porgs. Ah, um, uh, yes. Of course, Rey's trying to connect with Luke however He's she can. She's
2: knocking on the door yeah. and uh, Luke just ain't answering. No.
1: Because so, someone uh, forces himself his way in and uses the force, oh, wow. <laughs> well-known force the of force the Wookie. of Wookiee. The Wookiee Exactly. Yes. And mm-hmm. that poignant moment where the expectation of Luke, you see Chewie, you see Han. You see Han, you see yeah. Chewie. Now it's just Chewie.
2: You see some girl he's never met.
1: Right. And then that light bulb moment Wait for Luke. Wait a minute. <laughs> Where's Han? Yeah. And it's not shown on screen, but you can only imagine that gut-wrenching conversation that had to have been had. Yeah. Because, obviously, Chewie and Ray witnessed. To tell him. Yeah, had to tell him. And you can't have one without the other moments. That duo is just so strong. That's, it's Han and Chewie. Yeah. It's Han and Chewie, Chewie and Han. Yeah, it's just, oh.
2: Uh, like butch and sundance
1: yeah pat and charles yeah, yeah it just goes hand yeah. in hand exactly.
2: that's it <laughs> hand in hand hand in hand <laughs> uh, we gotta save then. <laughs> um but yeah so then of course he um he helps uh well tries to help connect luke back with reality mm-hmm. and say hey look we like need you and all <laughs> yeah come <laughs> on He's like, no, you don't. No. And you're not getting me. No. Um, he attempts to be a critical player in that endeavor. And yeah. it just, you know, it takes just
1: more than him to make that happen. <laughs> yeah. And ultimately, he's there for, he's sort of a bit player in, a, in this movie. Like, he's got his moments, obviously, key yeah. moments. Yeah. But when they're trying to rescue Ray from the yes. clutches of Kylo, there's a moment in this movie. Where Poe, Finn, and Chewie are eventually captured by the First Order, and we see them surrounded. I still can't explain it right now. When he lets out this
0: <laughs>
1: this never before heard yeah gurgle for lack of a better yeah. term. Uh huh. Now I tend to watch movies with subtitles because you know everyone's sleeping. I'm watching you know Star Star Wars at two o'clock in the morning. Um, y- you mean eight thirty? Well, it feels like two thirty, but yes, eight thirty. <laughs> <laughs> and that scene has the subtitles: Chewy laughs. Now, this is not a laugh. He just got captured.
2: <laughs> this is not a laugh. No, he's in dire
1: straits. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, great, we just got caught." You know, back in the Unless first he's order's clutches.
2: Nervous laugher. <laughs> but, you Chewy know, like you're nervous. in trouble and you just can't help it. And you're <laughs> yeah. laughing. Might be him. <laughs> oh my
1: God, we're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, how are we uh, going to get this one? Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. But yeah, that's just one of those little moments. I don't know if this is true or not, but my head canon says that this is a Jonas vocalization. This was one of his. Because we've never heard this type of sound from Chewbacca slash Peter Mayhew. Maybe this was a Jonas addition to the Wookiee library of sounds.
2: You know, you, you may be right. I remember you saying that. Yeah. Like when it happened, you're like, what was that? Yeah, I, t-
1: I literally <laughs> took a screen capture and said, you remember the, what the sound was in the scene? And you were like, yes. I said, what is it? And you sent back the emoji. I don't know. <laughs> uh-huh.
2: Yeah. Uh-huh. It's just one of those things. The Wookiee laugh, obviously.
1: Yeah, obviously.
2: <laughs> yeah, it is bizarre because it's when Poe gets shot yes. in the arm. Like, why would you laugh at that?
1: And he's not calling for help. There's no one else there. It's just like calling more Imperials. No, no. (laughs) Wrong.
2: (laughs) Don't need that.
1: (laughs) So we come to the end. The Rise of Skywalker. Yes. And the first moment that really stuck out to me in this movie was when Lando helped him on uh, Pisana.
2: How did you know it was us? Uh, You're traveling with a Wookiee. How would I not know? (laughs) You know, like yeah, right. he sticks out like a big furry thumb. What can I say? And when Lando
1: takes off his mask and reveals himself, the love. Whoa, whoa, whoa!
2: whoa. He doesn't <laughs> reveal himself. Jeez, it's not that kind. What Star Wars are you watching? Yikes! The rise is something. Oh man. This is this is problematic. This is uh, this is after dark. Can't do that. It's
1: went off the rails like a train heist. Um...
2: Oh man! <laughs> Unless that train has no rails. Oh. Looking at you, Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> oh man. Uh, but when he takes off that mask and the excitement
1: that you see between Lando and Chewie is palpable it's such a wonderful moment for them and that connection is made immediately and you think back from their origin story on uh the cloud city it's like he's about to kill him it's like but now the years and how close han and uh, lando have been it was a really cool moment to see them just embrace that history that they had between them
2: and through the film you learn that Lando had helped Luke try and um, track down the Wayfinder and all this, you know, trying to help Luke out for however long that led him to Pisana, where he eventually stayed. Right. So, you know, you can imagine that he and Luke had adventures after Jedi and therefore the whole crew. Yes. You know, you imagine that, that they, you know, if he and Luke were linked up, that at some point, you know, they had like... Space Thanksgiving together or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, but you would imagine that there was more positive interactions between them even after the original trilogy. Yeah.
1: I think one of the books that's coming out um, in the near future is that Lando and Luke adventures about the, uh, the Wayfinder, I think.
2: Adventures is- of Lando and Luke. And um, with um, the potential Lando series. Yeah. That could be nice. Yes, for sure. I feel like that's going to be a younger Lando. But still, you're going to have some interactions with Tom oh, yeah. and Chewie.
1: Yeah, it's got to be. I hope
2: they bring Alden back. That'd be
1: cool. That'd be fantastic.
2: Right? So, theatrically and canonically, that's kind of where we leave off with Chewie. Yes. is He's kind of hanging out with Rey and Falcon, I guess. I don't know what they're doing because Palpatine's finally dead again. And, you know, they're probably, like, trying to find her parents. So, wait, no, we figured that out. So, you know <laughs> what I mean? They're just kind of hanging out. Yes. Which is fine. Uh-huh. It certainly beats the uh, Legends alternative. Which is? Where, are you asking me which yes. It is? Yes, yeah. You don't know what
1: happens to Chewie in Legends? Well, I heard that he died, but I don't want to know more than that, really.
2: <laughs> okay. Because... <laughs> He died is a lot different than he got crushed by a moon. What? Yes. Okay.
1: <laughs> I did not know that. Wow.
2: Yes. Like, what a terrible thing. Yeah, that's freaking horrible. Fans were pissed.
1: Well, And they killed him with a planet? <laughs> yeah, a moon. Moon. Oh. Unless Sorry. it's a space station, the jury's still out. <laughs> wow.
2: Like,. Who okayed that?
1: <laughs> Not George, because he was just selling uh, rights to the no, story left, right, and center. As soon as
2: somebody takes these binders off, I'm choking that person. <laughs> wow! What a ridiculous thing.
1: My interest in that storyline ended with Chewie's dead. Yeah, I don't care. I don't want to hear about it.
2: <laughs> it was like a Tales from Something comic. Okay. It was like a what if type of comic. All right. And it was just a one off, and it was. Indiana Jones exploring in the deep jungles of somewhere. Okay. He heard tell of Bigfoot. And, um, oh, wow. so he comes across a wrecked flying vehicle and there's a skeleton in the pilot seat. Wow. That's wearing a white shirt and vest. <laughs> and there's no co pilot. And this obviously was a crash landing on yeah, our yeah. Earth. And the Bigfoot has been rumored to be in the surrounding jungle, is Chewbacca. Is
1: Chewbacca. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. That's so cool. You had mentioned post Rise of Skywalker.
2: Uh-huh. And had I?
1: Yes. The reason why we find the Millennium Falcon on Batuu right now, oh, yes. and current canon, is because uh,
2: at some point... Between Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker.
1: Right. Han and Chewie had met the pirate, or former pirate, Hondo and Yes, he's
2: completely asterisk legitimate. Well, legitimish. (laughs) Legitimish, right. (laughs) So
1: Chewbacca left the Millennium Falcon on Batuu with Hondo at Onaka Shipping based on the promise that he was gonna fix the Millennium Falcon.
2: Right. He needed supplies and repairs. Yes. And of course, by the end of the Last Jedi, the last thing that the, the rebels have is extra money. <laughs> yes,
1: they're quite depleted. Oh, wait,
2: no. The second last thing they have is extra money lying around. The last thing they have is personnel. Because <laughs> <laughs> there is nothing left of
1: them. Right. There um, truly so is nothing.
2: He's got to uh, go to mm, maybe not the most trustworthy of sources right. to get those repairs done. <laughs> um, but. Here we are. Yes. And um, and of course, we've so far been unsuccessful in unlocking Chewy mode. Yes. On the Falcon thus far. Thus
1: far, yes.
2: Thus far. But now that the COVID restrictions aren't as severe and that you can have six people back in the cockpit, that's it. It's We're possible. trying again, baby. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then in addition to that, you can find Chewbacca and Rey throughout the Black Spire Outpost.
1: Right, right. And not only with Galaxy's Edge or Batuu, even when it was Star Wars Weekends or Hollywood Studios, Chewbacca was always one of the most fan favorite character encounters and just Mm -hmm. elicited this genuine love from young and old alike, you know, with key moments and key participations in the story.
2: That genuine, great character shines through. The interactions are fantastic. Yeah. Because the first time you hug Chewie is like a surreal experience. Yeah. Because he's absolutely the lovable walking carpet that you saw on screen for decades and decades. (laughs) So it's really very, very surreal and, and very magical. Yeah. To have that experience. Yeah. I hope that they offer that again soon. Yes. Because the character waves are nice, but the interactions that close and that personal are just are amazing.
1: Yeah, we have that picture of uh, Emily and uh, Chewbacca. That embrace and uh, that yeah. smile that she has is like yes. one of those genuine smiles. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of impact and how those emotions run through, we put out a question uh, earlier this week about, You know, what are your favorite Chewbacca moments? And we got a lot of them. So we're going to talk about those after our commercial break. But before we do that, I just want to point out one more thing about The Rise of Skywalker and Jonas and his performance. Uh, When they returned to the rebel planet and Chewbacca, well, they all found out that Leia had passed into the force. His reaction when he found out Mm -hmm. was visceral it was emotional it was yeah. it doesn't matter how many times i see that scene that reaction is so impactful and speaks to 30 plus years of storyline and interactions it's one of the most heartbreaking moments in the entire skywalker saga and the other movies as well even you know rogue one and and solo
2: yeah it's very symbolic that she is The last of his crew, Uh, you know. So it's yeah. yeah, So it's it's really just kind of like, you know, you lose Han, and then you're still kind of reeling from that, and then you lose Luke, and then after that, then you lose Leia, and it's like, oh my gosh, you know.
1: Wow. Yeah. (sighs) Okay, we're gonna take a quick break. We're right back, and we're gonna collect
2: ourselves, collect
1: ourselves, and uh, and, uh, have a blast with all these reactions.
0: The core planets to the outer rim. Air Anakin sets the standard for luxury hyperspace travel, announcing our newest class of transport, the Nabari Cruiser. Each passenger will be granted Jedi Master class amenities. Another glass
1: of Felucian Manguese Liquor, Master.
0: Oh, wow! Um,
1: do you really think I should? You should be fine by the time we arrive on Ord Mantel. We'll likely be under the new Galactic Empire. I may have one with
0: you. So, sit back and relax. It's Eranikin's speciality.
1: One way trips to Alderaan are now three fourths
0: off regular price. Don't miss this high ground special.
2: Yeah, we're back. We're back.
1: (laughs) Emotionally collected and uh, refreshed, and all that kind of stuff. So, thank you to our sponsors. So, yeah, we're going to go through the wonderful response that we had. With that, one question was: What are some of your favorite Chewbacca moments? And the first to respond was this little podcast called Scarif Podcast. I'm not sure I've heard of them before, but yeah. Anyway, so they responded. They said,
2: yeah, I feel like that's made up. It's kind of
1: sketchy. Yeah. (laughs) They said uh, mostly anything in the OT, but I really enjoy the moments we had in the solo film. I think Chewbacca stole the show. That's the scuttlebutt. Fantastic point. Speaking about the solo movie, Rural Farm Boy, he replied with the gif of when they're battling in the pit.
2: Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Got it. Got it.
1: That was a fantastic one as well. And then uh, most things Kenobi. Oh, I like that. They replied with a sad but heartbreakingly beautiful moment when Leia passes and Chewie falls to his knees, crying in sadness. So beautiful, but so sad. What a history they both had together. We literally just talked about that moment and it's forever impactful. I'm not crying.
2: My eyes are sweating.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Phenomenal moment. Thank you for bringing that up. Then Tim Mackinson said when he saw the mouse droid on the Death Star <laughs> and he immediately turned around and shot off. <laughs> <laughs> Such a great Aww. moment. And, you know, I think uh, a couple of people said that same moment um, and that shrug that he put after, like, hmm, whatever, like, that was kind yeah. of fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it shows his ferocity, but the, also the, the humor behind it was fantastic. It worked. Um, He's out of here. Exactly. And then Tabitha replied with, I love when he snickered. And Han responded with, laugh it up, boys Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The Book of Jufet replied with, when Chewbacca and Yoda were interacting in Revenge of the Sith. So cool. We spoke about that very moment. Got a lot of history in just a few lines with Yoda and the Wookiees for sure. And then... um, Space Cookie Mom, she replied with a gif of definitely a fave. Uh, and when he and Leia hug, remember when they're uh, in the uh, Millennium Falcon in the cockpit and Leia oh, yes. hugs Chewie? Yes. Again,
2: uh, a Wookiee hug is like no hug.
1: Yes. <laughs> exactly. And then she had a second one. She goes, I got a common theme, another favorite moment when he comforts Leia at the Carbonite scene in the yeah. uh, Empire. And moments before when he's upset and Han asks him to take care of her. So like that family theme comes just like she said. It was phenomenal. George Anthony replied with a gif of him cooking up the porgs. (laughs) All right. (laughs) That works. Exactly. David McCabe replied with a gif. Oh, really? You're cold? (laughs) (laughs)
2: Oh.
1: (laughs) James Cherry III replied with, In a New Hope, when he was playing the animated chess game with R2-D2, R2 was encouraged by Han Solo and G3 to let him win because he was getting upset by losing. Because <laughs> we all know what happens when a Wookiee loses.
0: Uh-huh.
1: uh-huh. <laughs> Appendages yep. suddenly get dismembered. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Next up, we have... L apostrophe holocron, which of course is French for lolacron, which is.
0: Uh,
2: lolacron? Yeah.
1: And uh, okay. this user's name is um, starts with and ends with a fleur de lis. Yeah, that scene yeah. when he finds out that Leia passed, that was, we spoke about that. It's a very, very emotional scene, but uh, very impactful for sure. Yes. And uh, big T and little T, we got oh, uh, yeah. Todd and Trent. They also said that Chewie yelling at the mouse droid in New Hope is just funny and sets the tone for the droid slash Star Wars humor. A very good point. Mm-hmm. That was all the response that we had to that uh, tweet, which was fantastic.
2: OK, well, what is uh, your favorite Chewie moment?
1: Um, when he finds out that Leia passes, that emotional outburst, you know, gut-wrenching pain that he's going through is is a very important moment for me. But I think the one that had the most impact as a star Wars fan in solo, a star Wars story, when he looks over at Han, when Han says, you know, I've got a good feeling about this. And he looks at him and he has that smile because to me, that's the beginning of this journey together. Yeah. And it's knowing smile and he gives that seems
2: very, yeah, same, it's very telling. Yeah. And uh, of their future.
1: And he gives that telling smile to Ray. I'm in for this ride. And it's a new moment, but it yeah. speaks to everything that came before it. And that's... Right. I'll go with that one. All right. Okay, cool.
2: And yours? Oh, that wasn't part of the deal. <laughs> um, oh. You <laughs> I mean, for real. Okay. Um. Mine is way more superficial. I... You know, something about him, he said he's very large, he's very imposing, he's very Rob-like, but... <laughs> Um, But then you see (laughs) that scene on the Falcon when they're explaining why they should let the Wookiee win. Of course, he lets the Wookiee win. (laughs) And he just kind of sits back and he's like... (laughs) And just kind of like, yeah, all right, I got this. You know, it's just like, it's just so like... It's just funny.
1: It is. It's hilarious. It's just
2: like he's got that satisfaction, which, like, he wouldn't have had if he wasn't <laughs> so threatening. Like, they wouldn't have just let you win. But he doesn't care how he got it. He still just wins. He got it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's
1: not how you win. It's the fact right. that you did win.
2: <laughs> right. Exactly. So, you know.
1: Fantastic.
2: It's just so, so proud of himself.
1: <laughs> not a- that he...
2: Outthought his opponent, but that he outthreatened his opponent, <laughs> and he won. Most importantly, problem solved.
1: <laughs> Fantastic.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what a story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to see what other appearances he makes.
1: Yeah, like you said, there's many possibilities, and we know in the current timeline that he's alive. And an I'm sure absolute... at
2: some point he will return in live action. Right, I'm sure. So I guess we're getting ready to uh, call this one a rotation. We're online, I think. Mostly. Are we online still? Yeah, I take breaks. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> so we have our uh, our conversations dot com is our main website, and uh, we also have a link tree that will link you to all of our stuff, and uh, you can find us through the. Red 5 Podcast Network. Mm -hmm. Um, We are at Suations on Twitter. Conversations on Instagram and Facebook.com slash Conversations. Mm -hmm. That's uh, that's those. Trying to get some designs going. Yeah. For our t-shirts and our swags and our other stuff. So, uh, you know, stay tuned. Yeah. Sort of like the Rebels on Hoth.
1: You're under the radar. We've
2: evaded capture. (laughs) Exactly.
1: (laughs) And it also should be noted, too, that um, Red 5, they launched a bio.link forward slash Red 5. And what that is is very much like our link tree, but this is for all of the shows on Red 5. So that's a very quick way of getting each individual show from one click. So bio.link forward slash Red 5.
2: I guess we're out of here. Yes. So. (laughs) <laughs>
1: Did you catch any of that?
0: <laughs> we need a protocol droid. <laughs> Greetings, listener. Just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. Red5Network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love. So, the next time you're itching for quality content, make sure you head over to red5network.com. You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in. It's the Red 5 Network.